welcome to Tackling the NFL. I'm Josh Rosenberg. I'm here with my co-host, Adam Baltax, and we are so excited. Hey, Adam. We're so excited to do our first episode. This should be a podcast with smart football analysis. We'll be doing episodes hopefully every week. We'll be taking on the biggest issues of the time. Yeah, and um, we're just just to preface this, we are no experts. We like football. We're just fans, um, but we tend to look at the analytical side a little bit more than the average person. So we're just going to try and go in depth into that part. Uh, nobody's going to pay us. We spend a lot of time reading about the NFL. We spend a lot of time watching the NFL. We spend a lot of time talking about the NFL amongst each other. And we decided that it would be fun to share that with all of you. We hate the goal line. I mean, I hope Adam hates the goal line fade. I sure do. We will be inclined to analytics. We'll be trying to use uh, EPA, DVOA, any stats that will give us a, a better picture of teams and players. And we hope that it'll help all of you learn about it too. Yeah, and uh, we're fans too. I'm a, I'm a Falcons fan. Josh is a, is a Dolphins fan. So we do have personal biases, but we try and keep it as unbiased as possible. We, we, yep. just go, we just try and go off the facts and not really off opinion. I am incredibly cynical. Really do not expect any Dolphins homerism from me, but because <laughs> I've been suffering since that 2008 playoff loss to Baltimore. Anyways, uh, we'll be doing episodes every week. During the offseason, we'll start with our division previews next week since it'll be July. But right now, we're just doing a fun episode. We're going to be ranking the uh, 32 QBs in the NFL for the 2020 season. And then during the season, we'll be doing episodes, hopefully releasing every Tuesday or Wednesday. Yep. Sounds good. I just want to let you know that we recorded this podcast Sunday afternoon before the Cam Newton news broke. So don't be surprised when you hear talk about Jared Sidham. We mentioned Cam at the end. We threw in a quick bit, but we'll talk a lot more about him later. Awesome. So let's go right into our first episode, starting with the 32nd best quarterback in the NFL. Adam, you want to lead us off? Sure. I think this is the pretty obvious choice. Um, it's Jared Stidham. I, I'd be shocked if you wrote anyone else. Not much need to be said. He's, he's a rookie with less upside than Burrow. He's a fourth-round pick. I would, I'm, I'd be surprised if um, the Patriots tried to do anything with him in the future, but he's, he's just kind of there to replace Brady. He's not very good. Absolutely. I had Stidham, too. There's really nothing to say about him. All right, for 31, I had yeah. Gardner Minshew, Ooh. quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I actually like Minshew. I thought he did some really nice things. His pocket movement was really impressive. There was a one touchdown, I think, against the Broncos where he managed to keep his eye. It was like around the 10-yard line. He managed to keep his eyes up field, dodge about four blitzers, and throw a touchdown pass. Incredibly impressive. But the upside, I really don't think, is there. Maybe we'll be wrong. But given how this is such a rebuilding year for the Jaguars and how bad their offense is likely to be, I just don't think he's going to look very good. No one in that team is going to look very good, and he'll probably be replaced by a first-round quarterback next year. See, I, I don't know. I disagree. I, I like Gardner Minshew. Uh, I think for how bad his team was last year, he actually played pretty well. Um, he doesn't have a great arm, he, and he, he was, but he was really good outside of the pocket. And according to Pro Football Focus, he was ranked uh, third when it comes to 20-yard-plus throws. I don't know. I just think that maybe with the new system under Gruden, right? He's their he's their new guy. Yep. Jay I think Gruden. that I think that Gardner Minshew could has potential, unlike so some I, other guys on this list. I actually think that's really interesting. I think he has potential as a quarterback. I think he's better than some of the. I actually definitely think he's better than some of the quarterbacks I have above him on this list. But for 2020, I just don't really see the success purely based off the situation he's placed in. I do actually like that offensive line. But especially on the tackles, but I, I see what you mean. All right, who do yeah, you have for 31? And I'll, I'll, wait, I would like to add first what sections we're going off of our tiers. 
So okay. we're doing five different tiers with the lowest being net negative, the second being game manager, then then difference maker, and then superstar. So I just don't see Gardner Minshew as net negative. I thought he actually was one of the highlights of their team last year. Um, and I was pretty impressed by him. So I couldn't put him in that in that tier. Okay. I am not gonna lie, I completely forgot that we're doing tiers, so I am ranking them right now. I would have him, <laughs> I would have him in my net negative tier though. Okay. So I have as my 31st best quarterback, I have Tyrod Taylor. Oh, um, oh, you're no, please don't come for Tyrod. <laughs> Listen, Tyrod Taylor, I love him on Madden. He's very fast. He's not a good quarterback. He's going to get replaced by Herbert probably week five, week six. The only reason he started in Buffalo is because he was competing against Nathan Peterman. He, he doesn't throw too many interceptions, which is good, and he's, and he's pretty mobile, but he's not special. He, I, I don't know. I, I don't see him as anything better than any of the other quarterbacks. Okay, so I actually have Tyrod quite a bit higher. Unfortunately, because I didn't think that you were going to have him this low, I didn't prepare too many stats for him. I think that I'll get more stuff ahead of our – that would be AFC West preview. Yeah. yeah, AFC West preview. So I really like Tyrod Taylor. I think that he was unfairly blamed for a lot of the issues in Buffalo. His ability to protect the ball was is incredibly valuable. Really just not turning it over is one of the best things a quarterback can do. Yeah, uh, he, do, he doesn't throw many interceptions, which is his, his main pro. So I actually have him quite a bit higher. Um, mm-hmm. I really need to do so. I really need to dive into the numbers, but I do think he's quite a bit better than you have him. Who do you have at number 30? Mm-hmm. So at number 30, I have Dwayne Haskins, which I think you're going to disagree with. I, I will. Um, so I am not a big fan of Dwayne Haskins. People love to throw out all these numbers why he he just was unlucky to be in that situation. But even when he wasn't getting sacked and when he wasn't getting pressured, he had the he had the worst stats in the league when it came to a clean pocket. He only completed 63.2% of his passes with a clean pocket. That's the worst in the league last year. Maybe with the new head coach, he'll be able to do something. But I just don't see him as a star quarterback. Okay, so I would actually like to I don't really want to go too deep into Haskins right now simply because I'm a little bit higher but I will address the clean pocket issue so his season last year can really be divided into two parts yeah. his first four games were a disaster it was truly dreadful like you were talking about were, in the in the clean pocket business. yeah in a clean pocket he was legitimately terrible one of the worst in the NFL I think the worst in the NFL yeah. but when you look at his last three games uh, according to an article by Danny Kelly he went 35 of 50 for 463 yards three touchdowns and one interception notching yeah. a passer rating of 110.7. That was the eighth best among QBs. So that's a small sample, yes, but it really does show that he improved, and I think that he could be a good quarterback in 2020. At number 30, I had – oh, I'm going to have some angry people in my mentions this week. <laughs> I had Drew Locke of the Denver Broncos. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Broncos fans are going to come for me. Please, please. I might come for you in a second. That's fine. Um, <laughs> He really – okay, so the thing is that he was basically being – guarded by the system and by the t- and by what he was asked to do so he wasn't even though he led them to a couple of wins I really don't think he a- he was asked to do much of anything um yeah. he wasn't all that aggressive he didn't really make any all that he didn't he didn't make many flashy throws any throws that made me actually think oh wow this is the quarterback of the future now maybe he'll be really good this year he has every single weapon in place for him it I yeah, mean, yeah that why those wide receivers that they drafted are good KJ Handler, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton is really just the perfect setup uh, it's like and a, don't it's, forget about Albert Okweg Boom Boom. Yeah, nice. Okay, nice <laughs> try with that one. Um, 
I tried to make that as clean as possible. I mean, they already have Noah Fant, so and yeah. I, I think he could take a step. But really, those three wide receivers fit in their uh, styles of play fit in perfectly with each other. So, mm-hmm. uh, and they got Melvin Gordon, and they got Melvin Gordon. Philip Lindsay is actually really underrated. He's been top twenty running back in the NFL both the yeah. last two seasons. There are all the pieces in that offense. If he doesn't prove it this year, he'll probably be gone. Now maybe he does, but I'm not all that confident in him. All right, at number yeah. 29, who do you have? So 29, I have Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't think this will be that crazy of a decision. I think we know exactly how the season is going to go for him before it happens. He's going to have those four or five games with Fitz Magic, and then he's going to play terribly and get replaced. I just, I, I can, we can see it coming. So I, I don't, I don't see anything in any good future for Ryan Fitzpatrick next season. I have Ryan Fitzpatrick at number 29 too. Uh, yep. I think all the exact same things that you said as a Dolphins fan, I really loved what he did for us last year. I think that he's the perfect backup quarterback. And I think that he'll be just good enough to let Tua rest, let Tua learn. And I don't think mm-hmm. that Tua should be forced to come in at any point before maybe week nine. Cause this isn't, this isn't the Dolphins year. You give it one more <laughs> year and they'll, I, I would put, I would bet that they will be in the playoffs or at least they'll be contending for the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I think this year, is a year that Fitzpatrick de- or Tua develops behind Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick does yeah, his I think he's a great play. guy for Tua to watch. Yeah, but I think I think 29s were just about right. Who do you have at 28? So this this one I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get some controversy from. I have Nick Foles at 28. Okay, and this is actually this is my highest one in net negative. Um, so I only had five guys in net negative. I'm I'm just worried about injuries because he's he's getting to the older side. He's been injured for most of his the second half of his career. Um, but, I mean, he could be a good fit in Chicago. He's a very smart quarterback. He has a lot of experience. Um, he knows the staff pretty well. I think he he's definitely going to help out Trubisky in that mess. Um, but I think that, I don't know, I think he'll definitely play decently, but nothing special. And I don't, he's definitely on the last few years of his career. So we decided to just rank the starting quarterbacks for every team. The only one we didn't really do that with was the Bears. I think technically Trubisky is above Foles on the depth chart, but it's pretty clear that Foles most likely be the starter. Yeah. yeah. So we just decided to uh, rank him. I had Foles a good bit higher, not not too much higher, but a little bit higher, simply because I think that Matt Nagy isn't a great coach. I don't. I think he has quite a few flaws, but at the same time. I think that he can draw up a good scheme, and I think that Foles could be successful in that fit. Really, that offense has a decent bit of talent. has some good pieces. I love Allen Robinson. Someone please free him. And so I think that just the noticeable jump between or from Trubisky to Foles will really will really like shine a light on the possibilities in that offense and make Foles look even better than maybe he actually is. So I have him a little Uh, bit higher. I think yeah, I think Nick Foles will definitely make people like Allen Robinson. Taylor Gabriel, Cole Komet, maybe even just play a lot better than they would with Trubisky. So that'll be nice. At 28, I had Daniel Jones, uh, Mm -hmm. New York Giants. I really did not see much from him last year. He had had like that one nice opening game against the Buccaneers. And I think that there was like a lot of hype based off of that. He plays like he's like he thinks he's a lot more athletic than he is, which is just really annoying to watch (laughs) because he thinks he's like running for the first time. And it's like, I'm gonna make it and then he gets like taken down from behind like two yards past the first down line but basically he needs he so he turned over the ball i totally forgot to check how many times but 
his his the the possible his possible turnovers was I think by far the highest in the league like t- turnover worthy throws and like uh times yeah. he fumbled and they recovered so he really needs to be a lot more careful with the ball it was right up there with what Davis. do you think about Jason Garrett that's terrible Jason Garrett hasn't Jason Garrett hasn't shown any offensive innovation in years the only reason their yeah. uh, the Cowboys offense was at all interesting last year was purely because of Kellen Moore and I think it was a good choice to keep him around for this year yeah. to work with uh, Mike McCarthy. I really don't see anything interesting coming out of Jason Garrett being there. And this is not going to be a good year for Daniel Jones with the staff around him. Mm-hmm. So who do you have at number 27? I had, I don't feel great about this mostly because I sort of like him and I think that he really can be good, but I have Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Sam Darnold. I really think that he can make every throw in the book. He's done some really impressive stuff. And yeah. like, and last season was really weird for him because of like the whole mono thing and the way it was broken up. And the yeah. team around him was a mess. And Adam Gase is his coach. Um, but I think that he really flashed some impressive throws. Also, his wide receiver core is just a disaster. He mm-hmm. had Robbie Anderson, uh, James. I, I like Jamison Crowder, but he's not, like, any better than, like, a wide receiver three on a good team. Yeah. Um, and he was expected to be wide receiver one for good chunks of that season because Robbie <laughs> Anderson was so on and off. So, Dar- I feel like Darnold can really make throws. For a quarterback who's going into his third year, I don't think that this is actually a make-or-break year for him because of how bad the situation is. I think he'll probably get a more James. chance. Yeah. So I don't think that this is going to be a great year for him, but I do think that he has, he still actually has a lot of potential for a third year quarterback. When usually you see the jump being made from year one to year two in like 99% of occurrences, it happens from year one to year two. It could happen even later than the third year for Sam Darnold, simply because of they need to get rid of Gase. They need to get more wide receivers. I like Denzel Mims, but it's really just Mims right now. Mm -hmm. So it's not a great situation for him. Yeah. So at 27, I know I'm going to like, before you anybody gets upset about this, I have Joe Burrow here. Okay. Do I like Joe Burrow? Uh, yes. Is he one of the best college football quarterbacks ever? Yes. But I don't have any NFL footage to go off of, so I can't, I feel bad ranking him over some of these other guys. Do I think Joe Burrow will be a fantastic quarterback? Yes. Like I just I I don't know where to rank him because I don't have anything to go off of. Interesting. Yeah, I had Burrow a good bit higher. I'll talk about him a little bit more when we get up there, but I don't have too much to say about him. At 26, I had Dwayne Haskins, so that's where I put yep. him. There was just such a noticeable improvement over the last three games. It is a small sample size, absolutely. If you watch the games, um, I'm going back to that Ringer article by Danny Kelly. His pocket awareness yep. dramatically improved. His processing got a lot better. Uh, he was making some really nice intermediate throws, and his anticipation really improved over the course of the season. I don't know if you saw this throw. It was pretty easily his best or one of the most impressive throws from really any quarterback all year it was called back because of a penalty but he scrambled out of the pocket to his left I think it was against the Jets and threw the ball I think 60 yards down the field while scrambling pretty much on a dime right into the receiver's hands oh yeah yeah, yeah. it was a was that, ridic- was that to McLaurin I think so I'm pretty sure it's McLaurin yeah. yeah it was a ridiculously impressive throw it was called back due to a penalty he had a couple of throws last year which like really looked like the like it's clicking form it's clicking form throws that got called back <laughs> i think that I, i'm high on Dwayne haskins this year but at the same time if he doesn't prove it this year that redskins offense doesn't have many pieces for him there's a there's a decent chance that i like their de- i like their defensive line their defensive line is the best candidate for like that 49ers level jump especially with like the number yeah. two pick but their their secondary isn't good so that team could be really bad and then he gets replaced if they have like a top five pick there they would yeah. look long and hard and what do you him. what do you think about ron rivera now on, I think, I think Ron Rivera is a solid coach. Scott Turner's our offensive coordinator now. Um, yeah. and I, I think Turner showed some interesting stuff in his last OC stint. I forget where that was. So I think that Rivera will probably help him, but having had an offseason with him would have been a lot more beneficial. Yeah. 
So at 26, um, we don't have to, I'm not going to try and spend too much time on these guys because we don't yeah. have, yeah. I'm not trying to make this too long, but we already talked about Gardner Minshew. I have him here at 26. I, I just thought that for being on a terrible team, I was very impressed by him. And I do think he has potential. Fair. I, I just don't think that the Jaguars are a very good team. And that's no, the only that's reason fine. he's this low. I, I would agree with pretty much all of that. Who do you have at 25? Here I have Drew Locke. Once again, we've we've okay. talked about this. Um, yeah. He completed more than 64% of his passes and threw seven touchdowns with three interceptions. They're decent numbers. He he finished the year riding a streak of 79 consecutive throws without a pick. I just think he'll do the job. He'll improve with Judy, Hamler, Albert, uh, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, Melvin Gordon. He just has every piece to succeed, and I just – I like Drew Locke. Yep. Uh, just to bounce off that a little bit, uh, Cortland Sutton, top 10 wide receiver in the NFL by the end of this year. He's really good. Watch him. I think that, yep, this is definitely a make or break year with all those pieces for him. Just uh, didn't, I think like Dak Prescott had like 200, like 30 throws without an interception when he first came into the league. So I think that the, just the throws that, <laughs> throws that Drew Locke was asked to make weren't uh, all that difficult. So we don't really know that much about him under with a full season. We'll see how it goes. All right. At yeah. tw- this was 25 for you, right? Mm-hmm. I had yeah. Nick Foles. We really already talked about him. I think yeah. that's fine. Really, this section is just sort of – this entire 20 through 30 section for me, I think, is just yeah. all this sort of a weird. toss-up. Yeah I, yeah. I don't feel that confident in, like, any of these guys being better than the guy, like, two spots or three spots ahead of him or, yeah. or below him. So, I think that's fine. At 24, I had Tyrod Taylor. I, I really okay. do like him. Wow. I, yeah. You know what? I, I do like him. I think – and also, I think he's probably going to have – pretty much the full season at quarterback really uh yeah because they did draft justin herbert early but justin herbert isn't that good that's i'm just gonna say that justin right herbert, I, I i agree i agree i don't i don't like justin herbert uh, like he, he'll be decent i don't see him being a star quarterback i don't he doesn't have that kind of potential uh do you know what i see i see the pass and lynch situation in denver happening yeah where it's like oh he's gonna come in and we have this like placeholder quarterback in front of him and the placeholder quarterback just plays the entire season because Paxton Lynch sucks, and so does Justin Herbert. <laughs> and so when, when, we're not going to bring him in just to bring him in. And so I could see him getting a lot of playing time with a pretty with a good offense around him. I really do like the players around him. They'll be running the ball a good amount. And that trade, I'd like to just talk about how they traded Russell Okung for Trey Turner, <laughs> which was yeah. a really nice trade. Russell Okung yeah. plays a slightly more valuable position, offensive left tackle, but he is quite a bit older and really not as good at this point in his career as Trey Turner. So I would, I, if I were the Chargers, I'd be very happy with that trade. Yeah. And it's better for Herbert too, because that's Herbert's blind side. Cause yep. Tyrod's a lefty, right? Ooh, do not know. Let me check. I think so. Anyways, yeah. who do you have at 24? At 24, this is where I have Daniel Jones. Okay. I don't know how he's going to match with Jason Garrett, but I can't see it being any good. Yep. Um, I can't see him improving too much. He he had pretty he had pretty decent stats last year, but there's not much room to get better, especially with we, their weak wide receivers. I don't know. I I just it's, he's just mediocre. It, he's he's not very good, and the situation's really not good. There's not much yeah. to say there. Yeah, there's nowhere to go really. Mm-hmm. Who do you have at twenty three? At twenty three, this is where I have Sam Darnold. We're gonna start okay. to repeat these guys because yep. the guys that you missed, I have, and the guys that I miss, you have. Yep. Um, I really like Sam Darnold. I think that Adam Gase is ruining him. I think he – I agree with you when you say these aren't his best years yet. I think he's reaching his prime either next year or the year after. 
I it's just Adam Gase. His system is ruining him. Yeah, it's it's, he's, it's one of the it's so hard to watch because you know Sam Darnold's talented. He makes really good throws, good decisions. He beats good teams. It's just he I don't know. Yeah. Some games he plays like the worst quarterback in the league. Sometimes he shows a great upside. So the quarterback I have next, I have at 23. Um, I have Derek Carr. So mm-hmm. I just really didn't feel comfortable putting him above any of the guys who are ahead of him. I have Joe Burrow yeah. ahead of him. Maybe I should have had him a little bit lower. <laughs> I feel actually a little bit bad about this because I like this brand of QB. It's the Derek Carr, Tyrod Taylor type yeah. of guys who, who are careful with the ball, but like – they make the right decisions and they're not usually going to cost your team that much. Derek Carr had a really nice first half of the season and it just all sort of fell apart in the second half. And I, it got really ugly. And so because of that, the Raiders have pretty much stepped away from him. They're really not committing anything to him. Uh, I think the Henry Ruggs pick really shows that they're not betting on him long-term. He's not the quarterback of the future. No, Henry Ruggs is not the guy you draft. What do you think the odds are that Carr has a job in Oakland next year? All right, I'm going to say 15%. I don't – That's generous. Yeah, I am I think that with everything set up around him and with all the moves that they've made, it seems really unlikely that they're going to hold on to him. So maybe he, like, since he has to play like this is his contract year, which I think it actually might be, maybe he'll go all out and play well. But he just really needs to be more aggressive, and he hasn't shown that in, at any point in his career. So I don't think I can put him any higher than 23. Yeah. So who do you have at 22? Joe Burrow. So – I feel a little bit weird about putting Burrow ahead of Carr, but I think that Burrow is the most, I think Burrow and Tua, both of them actually are the most advanced college passers we've seen since Andrew Luck. Yeah. And I don't even remember. 100% agree. Yeah. I don't even remember watching Andrew Luck. Um, That was so long ago and I was so young. So I think that Joe Burrow's, uh, his ability (laughs) to keep his eyes downfield, to scramble, to find his receivers, it's basically all perfect for the modern, for the modern NFL. He's going to be ready to step in and, the pieces around him are actually pretty decent. Um, yeah, well, once again, I completely agree with Joe, with everything you're saying. I love Joe Burrow. I just I I couldn't put him over anyone with with zero. No, nope, that makes NFL sense. Experience. I, yeah, no, I totally get that. Anyways, who do you have at 22? At 22, this is where I have Derek Carr. I was okay. surprised you also had him this low, but I I understand. He, what his career record is 39 and 55. What else is there to say? He doesn't win games. I, he, he, he's a good quarterback. I, I, I don't think he's a bad quarterback in any way. I just, he, he's not, he's not Oakland's guy and I don't know where, where he can play to I his think, best. I think what you just said, he doesn't win games is may, maybe not exactly that. He doesn't win you a game you're going to lose. And there's right. a good amount of quarterbacks in the NFL. Not a lot, not a lot, maybe like 10 to 15, but there's a, mm-hmm. who will get hot sometimes and really win you a game. And Derek Carr just hasn't done that very often. Okay, who do you have at 21? Oh, okay, I'll go. Um, so I think this one's going to be pretty controversial, too. I have Philip Rivers. Okay, I have um, him a little bit higher. So he's, what is he, 38 now? I didn't write this down, but I think he's 38. Uh, yeah, he's back I think with Frank, so. He's back with Frank Reich. He's a, he's a really good fit there. I think he'll play pretty well. I just, I don't think that he's going to get any better. I think he's just going to get worse. I think this is the year we, we start to see him regress. I think. He'll mesh very, very well with Naeem Hines, who is definitely one of the better backup running backs in the league. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know. This is, not, this is very different from all the offenses he's ever played with before. He is, he's, he is Hilton, Pittman, and Campbell, which are very different. I'm very happy with 
Um, Jack Doyle, though, I think the Rivers-Doyle connection could be very strong. Uh, he regressed last year. I don't think he's going to have like a bounce-back year. So I, I agree with almost half the stuff that you said and then disagree with the other half. So, sure. one, Naheem Hines. Yes, he's he really loves to the check down. That's why Austin Eckler was uh, got so many touches last year. Even also, with Melvin Gordon. Yep, even with Melvin Gordon. I think everybody should know now. Adam is a Naheem Hines stan. You will be hearing a, a lot about Naheem him. Naheem Hines fan. Yep, yep. He's been telling me about this since his rookie season. Uh, anyways, I think that so the wide receivers I think might actually work okay for him. It's a little bit unreliable since we just really don't know much about Campbell. He didn't show much. We don't know much about Pittman. T.Y. Hilton's yeah. pretty good, and he's been healthy for his entire career up until last season so hopefully he'll mm-hmm. stay healthy i think that for philip rivers it's actually all it's just all about the offensive line last year yeah. he had absolutely nothing uh sam kivai tebby i don't know how to pronounce his name was his right <laughs> yeah. guard and that was his technically his his highest rated oh god his, 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 he was his offensive tackle and he was his highest rated offensive lineman for the entire season because well, Pouncey don't they was have hurt. Pouncey? Oh, yeah. I yeah. think Pouncey was hurt for pretty much all year, and Okung was hurt for part of the year and is just old at this point. So I think that's, <laughs> that's all about the – Yeah, but so he's going from, I'd say, pretty easily one of the worst, maybe the worst offensive line in the NFL to one of the best, I'd say probably top yeah. five uh, offensive line. Quentin Nelson. I love Quentin Nelson. I really cannot overstate yeah. this. He is one of the few offensive linemen in the league who has a highlight reel package. If you have a highlight, yeah, he, he he contended for rookie of the year with some great offensive guys. Yeah, he, he was in the same year as Saquon Barkley. Saquon. Yeah. yeah. So and then and then even more helpful for him, Anthony Costanzo didn't retire, so he'll still be yeah. there at left tackle probably for the next two years as Philip Rivers will be there. I don't think he mm-hmm. actually. Dec- the one thing I really want to contest with you is I don't think he actually regressed last year. I just think he didn't have any time to make his reads. And so he was forced to like just throw it up field a bunch of times. Yeah. And he ended up with a bunch of picks because of the offensive line. So I think that he still has a chance. He's firm. He, I have a couple other guys who are firmly in the territory where they're like, ah, uh, it's Peyton Manning territory. Maybe he just falls off a cliff and like he's done. But yeah. he's got to make money. He's got to put nine kids through college. So he'll still be there. <laughs> yeah. All right, at 21, I had Baker Mayfield. Okay. I I'm a little bit higher, but I can see that. I really liked Baker coming out of college. I'm partial to all those, like, little guys who are going to run around. Like, uh, the Baker Mayfield, the Gardner Mitchells, I like those guys. But the mechanics that Baker Mayfield showed last year were really just horrifying. Um, yeah. He, he wasn't setting his feet. He, he wasn't shifting his weight when he was throwing. And I think everybody everybody saw him get happy feet. As soon as the offensive lineman got like a little bit upfield, he would just try to bolt from the pocket. And a large yeah. part of that was on his offensive line. But can he regain? And getting Jack Conklin and Tristan Wirfs, it was Wirfs, right? Who they got? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Wirfs. I think that. Or was it Wills? It was Wills. Sorry, Wirfs went to the um, Buccaneers. You're right. Yeah. I think. Anyways, I think that they're going to be great for him. But it's a question of whether he can regain that confidence and actually stay in the pocket because his mechanics were such a disaster last year. It didn't look great for this year. He's really going to need to like rebuild his entire throwing strategy. Yeah, it was Wills. But yeah, I agree. Um, I, I thought last, I'll talk about him when I get to him, but I agree with most of your points there. Okay. So who do you have at 20? Oh, you're not going to like this. I have Josh Allen. Oh. So there's a, there's a lot that can be said about Josh Allen. I, I don't like Josh Allen. Um, ironic since we share the same name, but I do need to give him credit. His accuracy and his effect and his efficiency when throwing short and intermediate passes last year got so much better. It, it was a noticeable jump. It was it was impressive. I yeah. will give him credit for that. But he was also like one for twenty seven on his deep throws for like the first fifteen or sixteen weeks of the season. 
I'm not sure if that mm-hmm. changed at the very end. John Brown spent so much time just like wide open that it like waving his hands like five yards behind the defense and he just couldn't hit him. It was painful to watch. I love John Brown. I really don't think he deserved that. And now they so they got uh, Stephon Diggs, who's a great wide receiver. Stephon Diggs was actually the most efficient wide receiver, I think, on deep passes last year in the entire yeah, NFL. He was. So that just I don't that really doesn't mesh with Josh Allen <laughs> with Josh Allen's abilities. This is clearly a make or break year for Allen. I've said this a couple of times. I think it, for him it might be more true than anybody else, simply because their defense is so good and the other offensive pieces are so good. I love Devin Singletary. Yeah, Bills Bills will be a contender this year if also, Josh Allen can play yeah, well. I'd actually like to point out, or I'd like to point out that Dable Brian Dable is their offensive coordinator. I think he's fantastic. He's done a great job of. He uh the first season he wasn't really play calling to Allen's strengths and he did a lot better job of that last year. But yeah. one thing that's really indicative of a quarterback's ability is passing percentage on first down. It it's mm-hmm. indicative of a team's trust in their quarterback. And in the in the pros and even in college, I'm pretty sure his uh the Bills and Wyoming's passing percentage on first down with him has been under 60%, which means that they really just don't trust him to throw quite as much as you would think of a top 10 quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't like looking back at his Wyoming stats because of how differently he was played in that offense. They, If you go back and watch some of those games, they were intentionally trying to not play Josh Allen very much so he wouldn't get hurt. Because when I tell you he was the only good player on that offense, he was the only good player on that offense. And it showed. So I think that's true. But at the same time, when you have a first-round pick, not even just a first-round pick, a top-ten pick, and you're a mid-major school, you're going to let him cook. And they really didn't do that. So maybe they didn't want him to get hurt. I just don't think he says great things about him. I think we also need to keep yeah. moving a little bit, just since we're running a little bit long and we're only at 20. Yeah. 100%. Who do you have at 20? Was, was, so at 20, I have Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. Um, I could. I was thinking about putting him a little bit higher, but this is my highest one on game manager. So he went 5-0 and last year with the Saints. I think he's going to find it much harder with Carolina. Really, my big thing is I want to see how he plays with a bad team and in tough situations because he really hasn't been put in too many tough situations. McCaffrey should help with his transition. They have, they got Robbie Anderson, which I know you're not a huge fan of. They have Curtis Samuel. I just I, I have no idea how he's going to play next year, but I hope he does well. I'm going to skip right to my number 19. My number 19 is Teddy. I thought okay. you were going to have him a good bit higher. I thought you liked him a lot. I, I would I agree. Do, but... I would agree with pretty much everything you said. It's a weird situation because they're sort of in the middle of a rebuild, but also choosing not to rebuild. Like yeah. their draft picks were very indicative of it. They spent, I think, every single draft pick on defense. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was odd. Anyways, I think that entire situation is going to be interesting. Maybe they'll be good. I think it's more likely that they're going to end up being really bad. He had a great offensive line in um, in with the Saints. I don't think he's going to have quite that in Carolina. His average depth of target has always been really low which is going to be great for Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's going yeah. to eat. But in terms of actual football prowess, it's not a great indicator. All right, yeah. who do you have at 19? Okay, so at 19, I have Jared Goff. Jared Goff is mediocre, and Sean McVay is a genius, and I will stand by that. That's all I have to say. Jared Goff has never been a special quarterback. Sean McVay has, has led him to get good numbers in the past. I don't think Jared Goff is their quarterback of the future. He's played hungover since that terrible Super Bowl, and I just I, I will never get back to where he was. Hot take. I sort of agree with that. I definitely think that his uh, part of his most of his success can be attributed to McVay, but pretty much like that's true for a lot of quarterbacks. I'll wait yeah. to give myself about him until a little bit later. I have him a little bit higher up. 
So I'll, I'll wait a little bit for that. But at 18, I think that's where we're at. I had Phillip Rivers. I already talked about yep. him. We can keep moving. Yeah, and at 18, I had Baker Mayfield. We've touched on that. I think Cooper will definitely help him out. Yep. Too many Hulu commercials last year, man. Too many. So the Hooper thing should be interesting. I'm pre- So he already has Njoku, and they just didn't use the tight end very much last year. And I don't yeah. think that – I'm pretty sure it's, so Stefanski is the new coach. I don't think his offenses use the tight end very often. Kyle Rudolph mm-hmm. and Irv Smith split touches last year, but neither of them did all that much. So it should be interesting. I really don't think they needed Hooper. And I think that Hooper yeah. was more Hooper's success was more of a product of that scheme in Atlanta than anything mm-hmm. else. But I think that maybe it'll help him. All right, who yeah. do you have at 17? At 17, I have Jimmy Garoppolo, the Jimmy good-looking G. man himself, um, the, the best-looking quarterback in the league. Listen, Jimmy Garoppolo, you can say what you want. He's a good he's a good player. He's a bad texter, whatever. I just think he really needs to limit the bad interceptions. He really impressed me last year. I didn't think he'd be able to play that well and even take him that far. I just – it's really just – if you watch him play, he made so many bad decisions last year. And if he limits those, he could be a really good quarterback. I just don't see him as better than any of the other guys above him. Yeah, so I actually had Jimmy G right here too. Um, or Jimmy GQ, as some would say. I think that you made some good points. He had one throw that was really interesting for me was it was in the Super Bowl very late in the game, like one minute left, one minute 25 left, I think specifically. Yeah. It was just after the Mahomes had let the Chiefs down the field. They'd taken the lead, and it was Emmanuel Sanders. He'd broken open, a little bit open downfield, and Jimmy G missed him. And that was a throw that – it wasn't an easy throw, but a decent amount of quarterbacks in the league would have hit that throw. If he'd hit that, they probably would have won. Yeah. I That that was that was unfortunate. I don't – I think that the weapons that they have for him are perfect. He, he has a bunch of yak gods. He has Kittle. He yeah. has Samuel. And he has Ayuk. And they're all good. Yeah. They're all great uh, with running out I love the Ayuk. Catch. I think yeah. that was a great pick. So, I actually – I don't love Ayuk, but I love him in that situation. I think he's going to be fantastic yeah. under Shanahan. I think if you're a fantasy player, you're not going to want to draft Ayuk because I think he's going to have a couple huge games, sort of like sure. Nicole Hardman, but he's going to be great real football-wise. But that, was time, the, that was the best-case scenario for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I think that Jimmy G is also sort of on the hot seat. You sort of need to think it because, like, the 49ers have a really good team around him, and they made it to the Super Bowl both, mostly coasting off of everybody else except for him. Yeah. It's sort of not necessarily in spite of him. That's a little bit harsh, but definitely not because of him. So I yeah, think that, their defense had a lot to do with that Super yeah. Bowl appearance. So they might be looking to improve if he doesn't step up this year. Yeah. Okay. 16. So you have 16. Okay. I'll go first. So I have Ben Roethlisberger here. Okay. Um, I really like Ben. Uh, once again, none of these guys above this are bad quarterbacks. I just want to say that now. Yep. I would this agree is, with that. It, it, it's very hard to determine like 19 through 20 through 27 or 28, but. Now these are all good quarterbacks. Um, he's a very strong arm. I, I don't know. I don't know how he's gonna get back after the injury. That's my main concern. I don't know if he'll be back to Ben Roethlisberger or if he's gonna be big, big Ben. <laughs> but he he knows how to make an offense work. I love his his weapons: Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Juju. I think they'll all get much better numbers with a decent quarterback. I don't know. I think Big Ben has, has one good season less than him. And if he's back from the injury. I'll talk on Ben for a little bit longer, or the Yeti. Mm-hmm. I think I want I think I want to make his nickname the Yeti just after that beard he grew in quarantine. Um yep. I had him a decent bit higher, mostly because this is 2020 quarterback ranking, is not necessarily long term. Long term, he yeah. probably has maybe two more years left in him. But he's 38. So 
it's definitely suspect. He's 38. I already talked about the Peyton slide, and I think that's firmly in play for him, especially coming off of injury. His wide receiver core, I really like Deontay Johnson. I want I want to grab him in as many fantasy leagues as possible, but they're very yeah. young. They, they're not very proven. Even Juju, who's supposed to be our wide receiver one, has one good season of, produ- of production, and that was with Antonio Brown. Um, yeah, but it, you could also argue that that was with Big Ben, too, like sure. last year. Sure, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I think that last year can pretty much be thrown out for all the Steelers' offensive players. And yeah. I think I, I think that Ben is going to be pretty good this year. Um, I think that he's a top candidate for most improved player, maybe the top candidate. He had the fourth-best yeah. QBR in 2018, and then he played like a court, like a quarter or maybe oh, two he's quarters. Been, he's been a good quarterback his whole his whole career. I was just – I was just my main concern is his injury. Oh, yeah. I don't know how he's going to play. I don't think that injury is actually likely to be recurring or stick with him. So that, that makes mm-hmm. me feel a little bit better. And I think it was an elbow injury, and that's not likely to affect yeah. his play moving forward. Okay. Uh, that was 16. Mm-hmm. I had Jared Goff at 16. I didn't really talk okay. about him quite as much earlier. I do think you're right. I think that Sean McVay plays a large role in his success. But at the same time, that's still success. The last yep. year, they moved – so their scheme pretty much got cracked, partially by the Patriots in the Super Bowl um, two yeah. years ago. And so they were forced about halfway through last year. It was a little bit too late. They should have done it earlier from moving away from their pure zone read scheme mm-hmm. into 12 personnel quite a bit more. 12 yep. personnel is using two tight ends, for those of you who don't know. And that was hugely successful. We saw that huge Tyler Higby breakout, <laughs> which is super weird yeah. because Higby was drafted as the blocking tight end and Gerald Everett was supposed to be the pass-catching tight end. Right. That was, that was definitely one of the more shocking things in the second half of the season. I, like I don't think anyone could have predicted Higby's success. Sure. I, oh, absolutely. But I do think that the Rams could be pretty good this year. 30% of Jared Goff's uh, passes came on play action, which was the most – he had the most attempts in the NFL off of play action. And I think this just speaks to what coaches should do. You should always use motion. It, it's just ridiculous that they don't use it on almost every play at this point. Like, it, yeah. it reveals what defense the uh, other team's playing. It gives you a competitive advantage. And it's generally more and there's successful. No, there's no, like, bad examples of yeah. it, like, not working. Bill Belichick has been like, using it for years. Why are you not using motion more often? If Bill Belichick does it, you should do it. There should be no question. Exactly. So, anyway, I don't know if Jared Goff is a great quarterback in and of himself. I'm, I've never really been all that high on him, but I do think he'll be pretty good this year. Yep. So, who do you have at 15? I had Aaron Rodgers. I actually oh. I feel weird about putting him this high. I am very firmly against Aaron Rodgers. So, I, I got late. I, yeah, I know. You know what? I, I've also had him on my fantasy teams. I think I've inherited him in Dynasty a couple times. And he has not helped me. And so that has colored my perception. I will admit that. Oh um, I did God. not find – I since he's at 15, I got most of my stats for the players above him. Actually, just until just above him. So I did not go too deep into the numbers on him. So I will get that ahead of our uh, NFC North preview. That's criminal, but, Josh. You know what? I'm, I, I stand by this. I stand by this. I really do think I could have put him lower. I – Frankly, I think oh. they should be below Jared Goff and maybe even Jimmy G at this point. Maybe Philip Rivers. I am so Anyways, uncomfortable with you right now. So I think his, I think his decline is – I think there's a pretty good chance his decline is irreversible. And LaFleur shift in their offensive philosophy, which was evident during the draft, towards the 49ers, like, bruising, run-heavy style. If you saw the guys they picked, they picked A.J. Dillon and they picked Jabari Zuniga, uh, who is a basically a combination fullback slash tight end. Super weird pick. Yeah. Did not need to pick that high. Anyways – He's basically, they're basically trying to recreate the 49ers with uh, Juszczyk, Kyle, the fullback. Yeah. I don't, Juszczyk. Um, Juszczyk, thank you. I think that that's what they're trying to do, and that's taking the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands as much as possible. So, ba- so basically the whole question with Aaron Rodgers for years is, can he play within a scheme? And, then, and they thought that uh, McCarthy's scheme was holding him down, and that's why he was like scrambling so much, and that's why he was freestyling. 
I think it was the opposite. I think he just refused to play within the scheme and it wasn't actually helping the team. And he's doing the same with Fleur. So I'm concerned. Okay. Well, I think you're thinking way too much into it. I think you see Aaron Rodgers. Every game I've ever watched of Aaron Rodgers, I've been impressed. Obviously, he's had, like, individual bad games in some of his seasons. But, like, Aaron Rodgers is a fantastic quarterback. He – they went 13-3 and three last year. You can't say all this stuff about – They went th- – no, no, no. They went 13-3. and three. They were the worst 13-3 and three team ever in NFL history. It doesn't uh, matter. No, if you no. go 13-3, and three, you go 13-3. and three. It doesn't matter how bad your team is. I mean, okay. I, I really don't – 13 I, games. I don't have the numbers on him, so I can't really make this argument right now. But I, I am not high on Aaron Rodgers. Who wow. do you have? Who okay. do you have at fifteen? That one threw me for a loop. I have Ryan Tannehill at fifteen. Okay. I think you'll have him soon. He was very heavily carried by Derrick Henry last year, that entire Titans team. But I think people are too quick to say that he's a mediocre quarterback. He's a good quarterback. I I really liked him stepping in for Mariota last year. I thought they should have done it earlier. He had a great passing year last season. I just don't. I have no idea, really. Tannehill, he he played well last year. He got carried by Henry. I don't see why it wouldn't happen again. But he's not going to win games by himself. Or for I say that, I mean, he's not going to win games that they would have lost. But he's definitely a solid quarterback, and that's why I think 15 is a perfect spot. Yep, I had him at 14, so one up. Uh, I, yeah. I, didn't think I, could, I didn't think I could put him any higher until he proves it, essentially. But I did like what he, what I saw out of him from last year. Henry definitely carried the load in that offense. Tannehill was super play-action dependent, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just what he succeeded at. I don't think he was ever put in a good situation in Miami, which is why he didn't succeed. Um, but with Arthur Smith, who's our offensive coordinator, he's a, pretty much an unknown. He's like an heir to some billion-dollar corporation. I already forget which one, which is super weird. But he's an NFL offensive coordinator. Huh. Yeah, he's but he's still he's a rising star. He really he really made some nice calls last year. So it's just a question of whether defenses will adjust to him, which I think they will, and whether he'll be able to adjust back. He was very aggressive last year. He was the sixth most aggressive passer in the league. Um, you saw that with a lot of like thirty plus to fifty yard uh, touchdowns to AJ Brown. Those aren't probably going to repeat quite as much. I loved it. Yeah. I like AJ Brown, but those things generally don't repeat year after year. I think he's innocent until proven guilty, but the contract is worrisome. It's four years, 118 million, like 92 million of that is guaranteed. That's a yeah. lot of money. We'll see how it goes. Okay, so number 14, we won't talk too much about it because I've already talked a little bit, but this is where I have Josh Allen. Okay. Listen, I know you disagree with me, but Josh Allen was the second best quarterback coming out of that class, obviously, unless you count Lamar as a running back, then he was the best quarterback. Okay, um, let's not do, one, <laughs> let's not do that, but two, I think that there, I would put Darnold ahead of him pretty easily. Exactly, and I, and I heavily disagree. Um, I think Josh Allen, it's it's really he has a bunch of fixable problems. I think that's what makes him so so promising. There's no he doesn't have problems that are gonna stick. I think everything can be taught. His long ball accuracy needs work, and that's evident. But I think that is something that can be worked on. His mental part of the game isn't great, but he has a great arm. He has great legs. He doesn't always make the smartest throws, but he took a huge leap this year. I think if he makes another leap, he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Okay. I mean, that's interesting. I think that he definitely could be the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's really just debatable I, whether he yeah. can actually improve his uh, downfield passing. That generally doesn't change all that often. 
uh, in terms of rushing, he had nine rushing touchdowns last year. His legs are fantastic, but that's not going to repeat. Yeah. Um, so that, like, if you're drafting him for fantasy, expect for there to be a downtick in that. I think that mm-hmm. my biggest problem with Allen is that if you put Sam Darnold in that situation, I think Sam Darnold would be way more successful than Allen has been. It's just a great situation, right. and I think he'll be good this year because of it. It's a question whether he can carry the Bills or whether the Bills will carry him. And I, I, I agree with you, but I think that's a little bit of an unfair argument. Because if you put Josh Allen in Sam Darnold's position, he's going to be equally as bad, if not worse. So, like, I don't know. I feel if you put anyone in that Bills situation, they'll be good. I just think that Josh Allen is in that situation, and therefore he will be good. Yeah. Uh, Bills fans are very defensive about Josh Allen. I'm not going to try to say too much bad about him. Just... I'm with you, Bills fan. <laughs> okay. That was 14. Who do you have at 13? I have Kirk Cousins at 13. This is my highest one on positive impact. The reason I have Cousins in this tier and not uh, the next one is because I don't know how he's going to play without Diggs. He's, he's never he, – I don't know how he's going to play without those two main guys to go to. I think Justin Jefferson, if he steps up, Kirk Cousins will be an elite quarterback. But if he plays like a rookie wide receiver, I don't think that Kirk Cousins will be able to repeat the same things that he's been doing for the past five years. I have Kirk a decent bit higher, so I'm going to wait to talk about him for a little bit. I agree with some of the stuff that you said, but I do think that there's reasons for hope. At 13, I had Drew Brees. I like Drew Mm -hmm. over the course of his career. but this is Wow. I've I've always liked him, but this is the last dance for him. He made that clear when he literally signed the contract to be a a commentator. That's that's incredible. I don't think I've ever seen that while he was still playing. And I think that... That's a little ridiculous. Yeah, I think that the Saints are going to be covering for him. It's the same thing about whether he's carrying them or whether they're carrying him. I think Michael Thomas is the best wide receiver possible for him. That whole debate about whether Michael Thomas is actually good or like a superstar, I think is a little bit ridiculous, but he's definitely the perfect wide receiver for Drew Brees, um, given uh, that Drew Brees' average depth of target is 6.4 yards, which is the fourth lowest in the league. That's really low. It means that he's throwing a lot of short passes, a lot, 149 of them to Michael Thomas last year. Well, over that, he caught 149. And that offense is just going to is just gonna be really run-heavy because they want to keep him protected until the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I, I think his arm strength is just definitely waning, and it was never the strongest to begin with. He's a great processor. He makes great reads. We've seen that over and over again. I just didn't feel all that comfortable putting him above a bunch of the guys ahead of him. So yeah, so I'm I I very much disagree with you with that. He he to me is the same as Aaron Rodgers. I think you're you're seeing them as as old guys that are that are deteriorating, but they are still very good quarterbacks that can lead a team. And I think you're taking that for granted. So I have I have I have him much higher. I'll get to him later. At twelve, I have Kyler Murray. Ooh, um, okay. I think Kyler Murray is definitely a black horse when predicting MVP this year. I think he's he's definitely he's going to lead that team to a good season. Just saying, I, I I don't have enough to go off of to put him any higher than this. I think he's incredible. Don't get me wrong; he'll be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's the same as the Joe Burrow situation. I don't have enough to go off him to say that he's better than any of the guys above him. And I really want to put him above Dak. Okay, so I had Kyler quite a bit higher. Um, I've been saying since I think last December that he was going to be the 2020 MVP. I'm pretty sure I texted you at like three o'clock on like a yep. Friday afternoon. Pretty much just like Kyler Murray is going to be a 2020 MVP. Write this down so that I have proof when it happens. I don't know if that'll, yep. I don't know if that'll necessarily happen just because of how good Lamar Jackson and uh, Patrick Mahomes are and Russell Wilson. I think those three are just sort of in a tier of their own, yep. but 
I think he's going to be fantastic in 2020. There's just, mm-hmm. for as good as he was, I think he was really the only actually impressive rookie passer last year. Um, mm-hmm. There's reasons for improvement beyond just natural improvement. They're replacing uh, Keyshawn Johnson or whoever their wide receiver three was last year. I think it sort of fluctuated with DeAndre yeah. Hopkins, which is just ridiculous. And yeah, they also, who's, who's, I'm trying to think, who's that other guy that, that they, that they, Christian Kirk. Kept? Yeah, Christian Kirk. Yeah. He's and their they, wide receiver two, though, right? Yeah, he's our wide receiver two. Technically, Kirk will probably still be the wide receiver two while Hopkins is one and Fitzgerald is three because I don't think Fitz will be playing all that much. It doesn't really matter. And it's the second year with Kingsbury who not only did he – not only did Murray improve over the course of the year, I think Kingsbury really did a lot better job of play calling. He ran the ball. I think that – I think that Kyler's stats were a little bit inflated by um, Kingsbury's green-heavy offense. But he also had no offensive line, so he he was pretty impressive last year. Yeah. I mean, last year he had 500 rush yards, and I think he could easily double that. Lamar yeah. had like 1,700, something like that. And he did a good job of keeping his eyes downfield when he scrambled, which I think is really important. Uh, most quarterback mm-hmm. uh, most quarterback analysis insists that you have to keep your eyes downfield to be able to see the targets. And he did a really nice job of that. He made some yeah. really nice throws while scrambling. Um, I think that – so I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but I think that for the running quarterbacks, I sort of divide them into two tiers. One tier is the Russell Wilson, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson sort of tier, where they're like yeah. – they're the guys who scramble behind the line of scrimmage. And if they need to, they'll run and they'll definitely pick up first downs and stuff, but they'd rather scramble behind the line and then make that throw. And I feel like Kyler and Lamar are a little bit more in the, we're going to run and we're going to intend to run and we're going to run. We're going to have like a lot more. It's a new breed. It's a new breed. And I love them both. I think they're both incredibly valuable. I just think Kyler's actually a little bit more like Lamar than he is like Deshaun. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Who do you have at 12? I had Carson Wentz. Um, Ooh. I, I, last year was so weird for Carson because he didn't have any wide receivers. Greg Ward Jr. was his wide receiver one uh, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. But I, it's so, but at the same time, his wide receivers aren't going to actually be that much better this year because you're betting on a 30-year-old Alshon Jeffries, pretty much bust anyways, a 33-year-old Deshaun Jackson, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside or Jalen Rager, who I really like Jalen Rager, but the learning curve for um, an air raid or at least a Big Ten Sorry, Big 12 yeah. uh, wide receiver is pretty steep going into the NFL. And he lost Brandon Brooks for the season already, and that's going to hurt. Brandon Brooks is really good. Yeah, that, dude, I, when I saw that, I just felt so bad for I know. Carson Wentz. Yeah, so I think that he's almost reaching Bryce Harper territory, which is sort of rude. Bryce Harper won MVP 2015, and he never repeated that high. And so in 2017, Carson Wentz probably would have won the MVP if he hadn't gotten hurt. But a large part of his success in that season was how his third down uh, completion rate and his success on third down was just absolutely ridiculous. It was far above anybody else in the league. Yeah. And obviously that wasn't going to last and it hasn't. So I think that he can, he can, I think he can definitely be a top 10 quarterback in the league. I don't, I think that like the window for him to become a top five quarterback is probably shut. Okay. So uh, my, my 11 is pretty controversial. So you can say yours first. My 11 is big Ben. We already talked about him. So I don't think there's Mm -hmm. that much to say. Go ahead. No. Okay, so this is I, where I have Dak. Okay, okay. So Give me a second. We're I need not, to, we're not gonna, we're I, not I gonna to, go too I need deep to find my stuff. This. Okay. For all ahead. you listeners, me and me and Josh have a very big debate about Dak Prescott. Josh thinks that Dak is elite, and I don't. I think he's a good Firmly quarterback. Elite. I don't think he's elite. Okay. Um, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about this a lot more when we do our NFC uh, NFC East predictions, but. Dak Prescott, you can you can list off all the stats you want. He he has great numbers. You can say he said it himself. Those are fake stats. Those stats are heavily inflated. He can't win games. Okay. Is, so stop, stop. 
I am going to counter. First of all, I'd like to reference everybody to an excellent article by Bill, uh, by Bill Barnwell from ESPN.com about Dak Prescott. You said can't win. He has the sixth best win percentage during his time in the NFL. He has had okay. bad deep. He has had bad defenses that he has needed to carry. His defenses in his time in the league have been 18th, 25th, last, 9th, and 19th in defensive DVOA. 19th in defensive DVOA. In the okay, so keep going. I will. I will counter your. Yeah, points, then actually. okay, okay. I'm. I'm. Then how did? Why did they go eight and eight last year? Because they're because they were terrible in one score games because Jason you Garrett is a terrible quarterback. You cannot blame that on their defense. No, I wasn't blaming it on their defense. I was I was blaming it on their well, one, okay. I was blaming it on their defense because their defense was not very good last year, but also because Jason Garrett was such a terrible play caller in close games. I think that you could even you can admit that. Yeah, uh, sure, but Dak Prescott is not a game winner. He if I would not want the ball in his hands if I had a choice between him and say Wentz or okay. him and so, say Stafford. In the fourth quarter, he has eight fourth-quarter comebacks and 14 game-winning drives, according to Pro Football Records. That's tied for fifth okay. in the league in his time. And he has a mm-hmm. third, league's third-best QBR when the game is in the fourth quarter or overtime and within one score. I would want the ball in his okay. hands. It's actually, he's actually been better than Carson Wentz in that time, or uh, right about equivalent. He, well, that's because Carson Wentz has been injured. I of mean, course he's going to have more game-winning drives. He's played more games. No, no, no. Not just in, not just, uh, in number of game-winning drives, also by QBR. So, by okay percentage efficiency um, so i just so pro football focus is sh- their short summary on prescott is that he's a below average quarterback when measuring accuracy so i, mean, I know you're gonna have something i do actually have something this, so i do have something about accuracy he is, he, i'm talking when i'm watching a cowboys game i do, i'm not impressed by by Dak prescott's accuracy that's fair, but at the same time, we did agree to make this a data-focused podcast. And so, when we're talking about accuracy, he has been by—I can't believe I forgot to write this down—but this is actually one of my favorite stats about him. So, remember how I talked about earlier his? Oh, sorry, I don't think I actually did talk about it. It's a—it's called completion percentage above expected. So basically, what uh, the mm-hmm. uh, the charting site does is they take all of the throws that a quarterback throws or that a quarterback throws to a certain position, and they calculate the percentage of those that are expected to be completed. So it's basically like the expected completion yep. percentage and his uh, completion percentage has consistently been one of a, a completion percentage above expected. So what his completion percentage has been, say it's 70% relative to his uh, expected completion yeah. percentage has consistently been positive and one of the better completion percentages above expected. Okay. And you know why he has such a good completion percentage? He is, he has a very good mental, he's a very good mental quarterback. It's because he always takes the four yard no, pass. No, but for, if it, he is the least four yard pass. I would argue that he is the least he is the least greedy quarterback so, in the league. He will happily take a six so, seven yard pass over a thirty yard pass that's not. So as actually, if okay, so if it's a four yard pass, then by its completion percentage above expected, when that happens, uh, it's calculated to be like a ninety percent completion percentage. So he's not gonna he doesn't get points for that really. And quarterbacks for, by QBR from inside the pocket on throws of twenty plus air yards, Dak Prescott was number four in the NFL. On, 20, on throws of 20-plus air yards with a 98.1 QBR. So he is pretty effective throwing downfield. I'm just saying, when I'm watching a, a Cowboys game, he is he misses the important throws. He has people – there was a game last year where he overthrew, um, overthrew Amari Cooper by a good 10 yards, and he was wide okay. open. So much of my, my mindset on Dak Prescott is visual. Like, okay. when I'm watching I mean, that's game, fair. He – he is not. He is a very mediocre quarterback. When I watch him in a game, 
I don't think he's that good, and I don't think he'll do anything for the Cowboys in the playoffs. Or in okay, the so that's fair. Um, you can say that, but at the same time, by looking at the data, which is clearly better than the eye test because the eye test constantly lies, he has been top 10 in nearly every important category in the league by touchdowns, passing yards, yards per attempt, total QBR, total and by pass expected points added. Um, and he adds a ton of value from his rushing. He is just genuinely a great quarterback. See, I think we do need to move on since we're already running a little bit long. Yeah. But I, over, I think that yeah. there was a firm disagreement there that's not going away. Anyways, at number 10, who do you have? Yeah. I have Matthew Stafford here. I think you'll, you yeah. might have him higher because um, you, you love, love Matthew. Matthew Stafford. And I do too. I love Matthew Stafford. He is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott by, by a long shot. Last season, he well, he was on pace for what thirty nine touchdowns, five thousand yards. If he didn't get it, it was a ridiculous season. Um, yeah, the fully healthy Stafford is top ten. I mean, sorry, top five quarterback in the league. He is super talented. Um, according to CBS Sports, at the time of his injuries, Stafford ranked second in touchdown passes, fourth in yards per game, fourth in yards per attempt. Sorry, fifth in passer rating, third in DYAR, fifth in DVOA and seventh in total QBR, those are some insane stats. I just think that – I think I think he'll be great next year. And now that he's freed from Jim Bob Cooter and and the new – I don't even want to – Darrell Bevel. Darrell Bevel had some pretty decent play calls last year, so yeah. Yeah, I'm saying under his system, I think he's going to have a great season. I just – I don't know how many options he has besides yep. all of the um, So I, I, re- I do like Matthew Stafford. I have him a little bit higher. He only got eight games, but he was legitimately an MVP candidate last year. He had 19 touchdowns and five interceptions in only eight games. I talked about completion percentage above yeah. expected. It was the sixth highest in the NFL last year. And he has a pretty low low risk of re-injury. He, I think he could have come back late in the season, but they decided not to because they were basically trying to tank for a pick, and they were already terrible. So, And he's yeah. also been an Ironman throughout the rest of his career. I think his wide receivers are actually pretty quietly good. Galladay is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL at this point. And Jones has been pretty good. Yeah. He probably could use another wide receiver, but Amendola is a pretty decent slot guy. And Hawkinson yep, like coming Hawk. back. I think he's fine. The offensive line is a little bit of a concern. They paid – I'm not going to try to say his name, so I'm just going to go with Big V. They paid him big money, like I think 50, uh, $50 million over five years to be their left tackle. And he's never proven to be that much better than a swing tackle. And losing Graham Glasgow, who's a guard, yeah. hurts them. I think he's, he's with the Broncos now. So that's not great for them. But I do, yeah. I do think that Stafford could be fantastic this year. All right, at number 10, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a hot take. I really don't think it's all that hot, but I had Tom Brady. I, I just mm-hmm. think that at this point in his career, does he still have the arm strength? That's firmly a question that everybody should be asking. I think they are. Last year, he was throwing to no one. Sanu was good. I think as a Falcons fan, you know that, but he was hurt pretty much, pretty much all of last year. And his wide receivers are perfect for him this year. Godwin is the perfect target um, with all the intermediate rips he's going to run. And whether Evans will be effective with him, given his propensity to go downfield and Brady's suspect arm strength is definitely a question. I think that this could be his best offense since the late 2000s, like 2007 or so, right, with Randy Moss. I Like, honestly, as I was writing this, I got more optimistic about Brady. I yeah. just don't think that he's necessarily going to be, like, mm-hmm. the reason that offense is all that successful. Yeah, so I agree with most of that. Uh, Tom, I actually have at nine. So there's not much really we really need to say. He's aging. He's still a good quarterback. Who do you have at your nine? I have Kirk Cousins at uh, number nine. You, you talked a little bit about him earlier. Mm-hmm. I agree with pretty much all of that. There's this common narrative that he wilts under the bright lights, and I feel like that 
overshadows just how good he is, though. Um, he had the third best completion percentage above expected uh, in the NFL last year. It was a 5.5% difference, which is quite a bit. He had the best passer rating of his career. He had the lowest interception percentage of his career. And he had 9.5 yards per attempt on play action, which is yeah. really good. So you you mentioned that losing Diggs is definitely going to hurt him. And I think that that's a distinct possibility. I definitely could see that happening. But at the same time, he played last year with pretty much only one of his top two wide receivers anyways, mm-hmm. since Thielen was out pretty much all year. He is a really, really, really good deep ball passer. And you saw that connection with him and Diggs. Yeah. Um, over the past couple of years, losing that's going to hurt, but maybe Justin Jefferson can step in and they're still going to have that consistency with Gary Kubiak as the offensive coordinator. So I think it's going to work out. Okay. For Kirk. This yeah, year. I can see that. Who do you have at eight? Uh, I have Kyler Murray. We already talked about him. I think that there's, there's definitely ways that he can improve in his second year with Kingsbury last year. He had 500 rush yards and he could easily double that. He did a really nice job of keeping his eyes downfield when he scrambled, which is really just critical for any mobile quarterback. You need to make sure that you're looking at your wide receivers to be able to actually hit them. The ones that get in trouble are the ones that start looking to run way too quickly. So I I could really see this being a huge year for him. You said earlier that he needs to prove it. I totally agree with that. I think that it's a little bit too early to make any like great, like to preordain him as as a future MVP. But... Yeah, he, he was really. See, impressive. I I agree with everything you said. I think Kyler Murray's a fantastic quarterback. The reason I had him not that high at twelve is still really good, but not as high as you is because I haven't seen enough of him. I'm really hopeful for his next season. Though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So who do, you, who do you have at eight? Yeah. So on my eight, I have Wentz, Carson Wentz, and okay. the reason that you had him so low is wait, what was your reason? <laughs> I had so I had him so low mostly because one he had that that huge year in 2017 which I'm gonna I said I called him Bryce Harper and I left out one part about the Bryce Harper narrative where right. he's considered overrated but he's actually really good yeah. and he's just good in his own way so maybe he's not a top five player but and same with Wentz but he is a top tier player in the league and then at the same point or at the same time this year he's going to be have a lot of old weapons and he's missing an offensive lineman already for the year when Brandon Brooks. So there's just a decent amount of questions on that offense. Yeah. So I've Carson once at eight. I think that he's an elite quarterback when he's healthy. He's the only quarterback in NFL history to record 95 plus passing touchdowns and 35 or fewer interceptions in their first 54 games. He's really good in the red zone, super good in the clutch. He wins games by himself. Dak. Um, and I, I don't know. I think Wentz would have been that he would have been the MVP of the NFL in 2017 if he didn't ruin his knee. Um, he's elite. He's a great quarterback in the clutch. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league when he's healthy. He just has to stay healthy. And that's the only reason he's as low as eight for me. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I think that's fair. I have him at 12 and I really think that he could be higher and I think he's very good. I just didn't really feel that great about putting him above any of the guys ahead yeah. of him. But that's really not a knock on him. Mm-hmm. Just how I feel about the state of quarterbacks in the league which I think is really the best that it's been in a really long time. Yeah. Uh, usually most years, there's like four or five teams scrambling to find a quarterback. And this year, I'd say like 24 or 25 teams feel locked into their quarterback. And there's a couple more. Yeah, this was a very for. hard list to make. Like, yeah, and some of these guys can flip flop. We're not saying that these are the right answers. They'll definitely change when the season starts. But this is just right now what we think. Yep. Uh, who do you have at seven? So at seven is where I have Matty Ice. Um, I'm a Falcons okay, fan. Okay. I love Matt, Matt Ryan, but I, I hope I hope he's not starting to regress. But I'm I fear that he might be. He's super consistent. 
He's never thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. He hasn't thrown fewer than 20 touchdowns since his rookie season. He's had at least 4,000 passing yards in each of his last nine seasons. Even during his worst seasons, he's still capable of putting up big numbers. And I just think that Matt Ryan is a fantastic quarterback. It's just when will the age start hitting him? He still has great options. He has the best wide receiver in the league, in my opinion. And to be have one more good season, but that that's generous. I think he might start declining this year. Okay, Wayson. Um, your audio cut out for like a split second. Okay. You were right around the best. You, you were right around the best wide receiver in the league. Okay. So just say the best wide receiver in the league, and then finish out that statement. So I think Matt Ryan has the best wide receiver in the league. I think that he's definitely gonna have a good year this year. It's just whether or not the age will start hitting him. I'm hopeful because I'm a Falcons fan that he has enough left in him to put, make one more push. But who knows? It's age is his only issue for me. I love this because I have Matt Ryan higher than the Falcons fan. Well, only only a little bit, but still, I I'm pretty hopeful for Matt Ryan. I think there was two teams last year where they had a really terrible first half of the year, and since they got knocked out of playoff contention really yeah. early, everybody just sort of ignored them. And I think they were the Rams and the Falcons. Yeah. Uh, and I think they both did interesting things in the second half, which could Setting. roll over into this year. We yeah. we were already out of the playoffs, and then we started winning games and getting worse draft exactly. picks, and then we took yeah. AJ Terrell. See- yeah, that made no sense. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. But anyways, so last year, his touchdowns went from 35 in 2018 to 26. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's going to bounce back to somewhere in the middle of that. His interceptions jumped from 7 to 14, and I really don't think that's going to stick. He's going to have better offensive line play with those two rookies, Caleb McGrady and Chris Lindstrom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think his wide receivers will be more effective this year since he'll have Calvin Ridley, hopefully, for the full year. And if this isn't Calvin Ridley's breakout year, I think that you're going to need to expect that this is probably not going to happen, but it definitely could happen this year. Yeah. So who do you have at seven? Okay. So we already talked a little bit about him. Uh, I have Matt Stafford. Yeah. Really love Matt. Um, you really saw how far that team fell off once he got hurt and they were running with Jeff, yeah. or with Jeff Driscoll and David Blow. And that really just shows how he was carrying the load. They didn't have a great record at the time that he got hurt, but he kept them competitive in almost every game. His wide receivers are pretty good. Uh, I think that Kenny Galladay is really underrated, mostly because he, he caught a ton of touchdown passes last year with absolutely <laughs> no one throwing to yeah. him, like absolutely nobody's. And the offensive line is definitely a concern for him that could knock him down. But given the injury that he had, he has a pretty low risk of re-injury. He could have come back at the end of the year. So I feel pretty comfortable yeah. slotting him. My, my, my only concern with him was his injury. He's one of the most underrated quarterbacks of this yep. of this generation. So Sure. At number six, I had Matt Ryan, so mm-hmm. I already talked about him. Yep. Who do you have at six? So this is where I have Aaron Rodgers, where I think okay. you criminally put him at 15. Sure, he had a bit of a down year last season, but the Packers still went 13-3. and three, And I know wins aren't everything to you, but in my opinion, winning 13 games is all you need to do as a quarterback. If you can win 13 years every year, you're you're the best quarterback in the league. But Rodgers is injury prone which is my only worry but he might not be throwing for 40 touchdown passes each year anymore but in the current offense he really doesn't have to um the bottom line in the nfl is winning and rogers is still doing that i think that you make some you make some good points i might have put him a little bit too low but at the same time so you you say that they were 13 to 13 that's absolutely true you know what a win is a win but they had the point differential of about like a 10 win team or something like that so, ba- so basically, you can expect some regression. 
And especially given that I don't think they improved their current situation at all in the draft. I think that most people would agree that, especially Packers fans, they lost their minds. Yeah. That the players the players they picked in the draft might be good a couple years down the road, <laughs> but they're certainly not going to help right. them this year, which is a very weird strategy for a team that was just in the NFC Championship exactly. to take. And you can say all that stuff about win differential, but he still took them to one game away from the Super Bowl. To be fair, he did win one playoff game and got the doors blown off of him in that uh, playoff game. What, what, did they score like three points? I don't know. Hey, an NFC championship is an NFC championship. Okay, let's just move on. I, have a I think we talked a little stats. bit about him earlier. I have a couple more stats okay, go for Rogers it. to add. His quarterback ratings for the last three years have been 95.4 in 2019, 97.6 in 2018, 97.2 in 2017. He's still a very good quarterback. Over that span, he's thrown for 10,119 yards. Rodgers missed nine games in 2017 and played hurt all of 2018. During the past two seasons, Rodgers had thrown six total interceptions and 1,166 pass attempts. 0.5% interception percentage. I will, if as a as a football fan, if my quarterback threw less than 1% interceptions and wins games, that's all I really want from him. Didn't you just tell me that you wanted more from Tyrod Taylor and Dak than no interceptions? Well, Tyrod Taylor fine. is not Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't win games. At this point, I think he is Aaron Rodgers, but that's fine. We've already talked a little wow. bit about Aaron on this podcast. We'll talk about him more at another point. So at number five, I had Dak Prescott. We've already talked about him a little bit, or actually quite a bit, but I'm just going to throw out a couple more points, then we can move on. This is his contract year. Given the way that the Cowboys have criminally mismanaged his contract, whether or not they wanted to give him a long-term extension, They've given him every single piece of leverage, which means yeah. that he can play on the franchise tag this year, then play on it one more time next year, and then his cap hit would be around like I think like sixty million or something like that, something ridiculous. The third year, and so they literally can't afford to give it to him. So he's in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. All he needs to do is produce reasonably well. It doesn't even need to be his career best, and he's going to get paid. Yeah. And at the and this year, he has every single weapon he needs. Losing Travis Frederick is going to hurt, but mostly for like the communication between the center and the quarterback, which is extremely valuable, but he did decline a little bit coming back from Guillain-Barr syndrome, I believe. So I think they'll replace him, and I think they'll be fine in that regard. And the wide receiver core is probably the best in the NFL. I don't think I can think of a team which has a better one. Michael Gallup is pretty underrated, and I think he'll have a pretty big year this year. Mm -hmm. So I I like Dak Prescott for this year. We really already talked about him. I think it's fine. Who do you have at five? So this is another guy I thought you put way too low. I have Drew Brees here. Although I don't agree with some of the comments that Breeze made this offseason, that doesn't take away from the fact that he is still an elite quarterback. Now that he has Sanders, too, in addition to Michael Thomas, I think he's just going to get better because he somehow manages to make everyone work. He's had four straight years with a completion percentage above 70%. At 40 years old, my only concern is that, he's gonna, is that he might start regressing, but he hasn't shown it in the past. Some people say that he did. In my opinion, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think you put him too low because of the age issue and the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. But his offensive line, which is already one of the best in the league, just added Cesar Ruiz, which was a fantastic pick. Uh, and, oh, absolutely. Um, and unless Breeze finally feels the effects of aging, I think he'll still be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I think I'd just like to explain a little bit why I put him so low. The reason I put him so low isn't because I don't think he'll be effective this year. I think he'll be just as effective as he's been in years past. The Saints just don't need him. And that's not that's not really a knock on him. It's just that they're going to use him a lot less. Like you said, yeah. the offensive line is ridiculous. So they're going to be running the ball a lot behind Kamara mm-hmm. and Latavius Murray, who was really effective when Kamara was hurt last year. Yep. So they'll be running the ball a lot. They won't need him to throw that much. 
And we also saw how effective Teddy Bridgewater was when stepping in for Drew Brees last year. I think if Jameis stepped in, he could play really well. I really like Drew. I feel a little bit better about rating him so low, but I think that the players who I have above him will have have a greater impact on their team. And it's really, for the Saints, it's all about the playoffs. They're going to cover for him. They're going to shield him. They're going to give him as as few touches and try to keep him as healthy as they possibly can until they reach the playoffs. Who do I have at four? I have at number four. I think our list is probably going to get pretty similar from here. I have Deshaun Watson. Same. Yeah. So a couple notes about Deshaun. At this point, the list gets pretty self-explanatory, although the two and three issue can be sort of a debate. So Deshaun Watson really makes throws that make you sort of rub your eyes and watch it again and then watch it another time to see that it actually happened. I think I watched that play where he got kicked in the eye and still scored against the Raiders like 10 times just to believe that it had actually occurred. (laughs) Because it was just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, like, I can see Patrick Mahomes making that play. But at the same time, after watching Deshaun Watson through college um, and in his time in the NFL, he is just the quarterback who, if I think of that kind of play, I think, oh, that's Deshaun. Yeah. He did that. Um, Patrick Mahomes so really is probably the only quarterback in the league that could also make that throw. I'd say Russell Wilson. I'd say Russell yep. Wilson's the only other one. Um, or and maybe, maybe Carson Lamar. Wentz. That's possible. Yep. But so, so going off, going for Deshaun Watson, he's really going to need to carry the load because his wide receivers this year are Will Fuller, um, Kenny Cook. Stills, Randall, Brandon Cooks, and Randall Cobb. Those are a lot of injury-prone yeah. names. I mean, and I don't think their skill sets complement each other that well other than uh, Randall Cobb, actually. And Brandon uh, Cooks is coming of, off the worst season of his career. So Brandon Cooks, personally, I think Brandon Cooks is done and should retire only because he's had five concussions in like the past like three yeah, or four years. That's not looking good That's for his future. That's incredibly dangerous. I really hope that he just stays safe and he does what's best for him and his family. Yeah, that's um, some Australian rules football stuff there. Yeah. Oh, by the way, to all you listeners, Adam and I are all in on Aussie rules football. You guys should definitely check it out. Yep. Go Suns. Go Swans. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I'm, I don't think I meant – I haven't talked about this yet, but I think that Deshaun Watson really reminds me of early career Russell Wilson yep. in that he has a bunch of good games in a row and then he has just one terrible game. And it just, and then it just sort of like knocks you for a loop. He was like, for he was in MVP contention for a good portion of uh, the season, and then he had like two bad games in a row, and it was basically that that was it for him. What the Seahawks did to try to mitigate the problem was decreasing their pass attempts or Russell Wilson's pass attempts, yeah. pass attempts, and that wasn't actually the problem. It didn't actually help all that much. And eventually, Russell just improved, and he was a little bit more careful, and he's basically eliminated those games. And I think that Deshaun can do that too. And I don't think the uh, Texans even have the luxury of trying to run the ball. I don't think Bill O'Brien's going to do that. Yeah. So I I just love Deshaun. I really think that he has more ability and the chance and has better chances to become an MVP at this point in his career than anybody except for maybe one or two other people. Yeah. In the league. So yeah, my my only thing that you didn't you didn't touch on about Deshaun Watson, I also have him at four, is is in big letters. I have Bill O'Brien sucks. That Hopkins trade was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Absolutely. Somebody needs to take away the GM keys from me. <laughs> but I would like to say, I, I would like to say, like they should have they hired Nick Casario, uh, Nick Casarios maybe, uh, or someone else. He should not be the GM. Yeah. He's clearly power hungry and like power corrupt. And now that um, offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly, is taking over the play calling from O'Brien. I don't know how that's going to go because I think O'Brien is a decent coach, but I don't think that was necessary. There are a couple teams that uh, I just, like, can't think of their offensive coordinator. Like, if you told me, I'd be like, okay, it could be anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and the Texans are one. The Chargers are one. Maybe the Steelers. But so 
I think that Bill O'Brien is actually a decent coach. I just think he's a terrible GM. And yeah. if somebody took, if somebody handled all the GM stuff for him, the team would be in decent shape. Yeah. I mean, this team got out to a twenty-four nothing lead against the Chiefs last year. That's tough. That, and then we don't have to talk about how it went from there. All you Houston fans, they're sobbing. Okay, so clearly Patrick Mahomes is the number one. We yeah. don't even we'll talk about him a little bit, but there really isn't that much to say. The real question is uh, at two and three. So why don't you tell me who you had at number two? So at number two. I had Russell Wilson, and at number okay, three, too. I had Lamar Jackson. Now, okay. now, I would just like to say that this was very close. The only thing that edged Russell Wilson above Lamar Jackson for me is how long he's been doing it. Lamar Jackson yep. will be better than Russell Wilson in the future, but Russell Wilson is just so consistent. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you think? So I wrote in all caps, same way you wrote Bill O'Brien sucks. Yep. I wrote let Russ cook. Yep um because please please i'm not even a seahawks fan i just want to see it yeah i think that honestly the biggest difference between russell wilson i had him i had him one slot ahead of lamar jackson pretty much all the same reasons that you did is that um lamar jackson's offense is perfectly suited for his strengths russell wilson's really isn't yeah i mean like they just don't let him throw there's only two pro bowlers on the seahawks roster last year versus the ravens 12 and the only other one on the seahawks roster was on defense so russell wilson really has no help and what's crazy is that they always feel like they're in every game purely because of Russell Wilson. Yep. The next time a coach says, we're trying to establish a run, I'm <laughs> going to scream. It, it has been proven to be ineffective. Uh, yep. According to the field goals, it's a Seahawks SB Nation site. EPA, it's a measure of expected points based on a play. So if previous, I'm quoting here, if previous rushing attempts wore down a defense, we would expect to see higher EPA as the number of previous attempts increases. Yeah. However, when combing through seven years of data, 2009 through 2016, they found exactly the opposite. Yeah. Basically, you're not improving your chances of winning by running the ball more early in the game. Yeah. So Russell has never had less than 20 touchdowns, never had less than 30 yards, uh, 3,000 yards, sorry. And Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer are so hell-bent on establishing this run game that those numbers are so impressive. When you realize how much Russell Wilson has to do by himself, plus with two coaches that just want to run the ball, it's shocking. Has never gone to MVP vote is disgusting. Yeah, that's horrifying. He could have won MVP two... any of the years he's been in the league, and he hasn't even gotten a vote. Yeah, that's crazy. He's one of two QBs ever to have a, a career uh, QBR over 100. Yeah. And Seattle was fifth in offensive DVOA last year, and somehow I feel like there's a lot of room for them to make a jump. I don't know if they're if this is the year that they'll say to hell with establishing the run. I, we can hope that it is. But yeah. in the meantime, and, and the last that I just want to throw in why Russell Wilson is incredible is that he's never missed a game. That is very yeah. hard to do when you're running all over the field, carrying a team. And it's just that's just the most impressive stat, in my opinion. Yep. OK, so explain to me why you had Lamar Jackson a little bit behind him. Uh, so there's no real reasons. It's just that Lamar Jackson doesn't have that playoff success that Russell Wilson has. And he also doesn't have the experience, but I mean, come on, he led the NFL with 36 passing touchdowns for all those people who says he can't throw. Remember when the chargers beat the Ravens in the wildcard game and the media decided that defensive coordinators had figured him out, but like now he's, he's leading the league in passing touchdowns and he's the most rushing yards ever by a quarterback. And he's still so young. So I think, Soon, Lamar Jackson will pass Russell Wilson, but for now, I have Russell above Lamar. Yep, I'd agree with pretty much all of that. Uh, actually, no, all of that. He's the only quarterback in the NFL that the defensive coordinator needs to build an entirely different defense around stopping. Yep. That's what really differentiates him. 
I'm very glad for his sake and for all of ours that we get to watch it, that he ended up with the Ravens, with Greg Roman, yep. with John Harbaugh, that they were actually willing to try that. There's a lot of teams in the NFL that would not be willing to do that, which is just really an indictment of NFL coaching. Yeah. Last year, he was directly behind Devonta Freeman and Miles <laughs> oh Sanders in God. rushing attempts. So we can probably expect for him to dial it back unless like it's a close divisional race, which it might be because the Steelers and Browns will be a lot better. He took a lot of hits on the sideline. Yeah. And he's definitely going to need to avoid those because I, just, I don't want to see him hurt. I, I just want to watch him play. He's so fun to watch. Yeah, and if um, and if they need to, if the Ravens coaching needs to win a game, they can just say, Lamar, go. And he'll go. Yeah. Oh, sure. You can't do that with uh, any other then, quarterback. Yeah, maybe Pat. Yeah. Um, the one final note is that what you're going to see with the Ravens offense, what they've been doing over his time as quarterback, is that they've been expanding the offense out from the middle towards the perimeter. So in his first two seasons – They've stayed pretty more within the hashes with their interior passing game, which is why Mark Andrews has gotten so many touches, yep. he had so many touchdowns, because it's just it, they're, he's more comfortable with it, and that's what they've been scheming around. And as he develops and how as he becomes a better passer, which he was a great passer last year, please do not take away from that, yep. but he still has room to improve. And as he does, they're going to spread towards the sidelines, which opens up more of the field, and he'll be hitting Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin even more. Yep. And that should just scare defensive coordinators. That's another thing they need to deal with. So that 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 two v three situation, Russell Wilson versus Lamar Jackson, that was a tough pick. But number one was a was a very easy pick. What you you can go ahead, you can go and say it. Okay, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Please do don't even try to tell me it's anybody else. <laughs> I love I love Russell Wilson and I love Lamar Jackson, and it's just not even close. I wrote down I wrote down in Sharpie Patrick Mahomes before I did anything else on this list. There's only two things I really want to say. He's gonna have more touchdowns this year because he had 50 touchdowns in 2018. That's insane. That's not gonna repeat. But he had 26 in 2019, partially because of injury, partially because um, even when he came back from his injury, he was definitely dealing with the nagging with the na- uh, nagging effects of that injury. So I think he'll regress closer to like 30 to 40, which is crazy. Yeah. So he'll be better. And this this part isn't even about um, Patrick Mahomes. He's had amazing coaching. He's been in a great situation with Andy Reid, but also Eric Bieniemy. Yep. And somebody needs to hire. Give Eric him Bien-Ami. a job. <laughs> Give him a job. Do not hire Joe Judge over him. That is insane. Come on. That's disgusting. Maybe Joe Judge will be good, but there's no reason to be hiring him over the enemy. And that's basically all there is to say about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I love him. I, Please never get there's hurt. There's not much else to say. He deserves his own tier. 28-8 uh, and eight record, including the playoffs, which is surprising that he has eight losses. I think that people counting his rookie year is not fair. He basically won that MVP in his rookie season. He became the second quarterback in NFL history to throw for 5,000-plus yards and, as you said, 50-plus touchdowns. It's just he is – if anyone has a chance to to unseat Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yep. So that's it. We just ranked all 32 NFL quarterbacks, except for that. We recorded this episode on Sunday afternoon, and Sunday evening the news broke that the Patriots will be signing Cam Newton. That's – just that's crazy. I'm crying. <laughs> our our list would be because... very different if we knew that Cam Newton was on the Patriots. Absolutely, Adam. Just give me a quick hit of what you expect from uh, Cam Newton, and we'll talk more about him. Oh, later. I'm very excited to see what Bill what Bill Belichick can do with Cam Newton. Obviously, he would not be 32nd where Jarrett Stidham is, but I think with Bill Belichick, he might turn into a star, unless he gets injured, and let's just pray for that doesn't happen. Assuming health, we'll talk more about his injuries and how that'll how whether that's likely to affect him still later. But assuming health, I think that this pretty easily rockets the Patriots into a very close race with the Bills yep. for the top team in the AFC East. I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet which team I like more. 
but the combination of Bill Belichick with Cam Newton frankly terrifies me and it should scare all of you. And I'm very excited to see how it goes. Yeah. That's it. This was our first episode of Tackling the NFL. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We ran a little bit longer than most of our episodes usually will, but we had a lot to say. Yeah. So this next is, week, we'll this be- was just our introduction episode. You can expect them to be between 45 minutes and an hour for the rest of the episodes. If you have any suggestions, let us know. Absolutely. We'll be previewing the AFC West next week. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of Patrick Mahomes talk. There'll be a lot of Chargers talk since I think that they're a very weird, but very interesting team. Yeah. And we'll see you then. Before we go, I'd like to comment briefly on the current American landscape. This is a sports podcast, but the Black Lives Matter movement is so much more important than football. Racism permeates every aspect of the lives of people in America, and football is no exception. The people in power in the NFL are overwhelmingly white, while the players are overwhelmingly black. The NFL has only three black head coaches and even fewer black general managers. This must change. Please, go educate yourselves and find out what you can do to be an ally to the people in your community. I urge you to really listen to the people of color around you, donate to bail funds, and support black-owned businesses. It is all of our responsibility to confront racism wherever we encounter it and stop turning a blind eye as we have so many times in the past.